Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, whenever and wherever in the realm of time and space my voice finds you. Welcome. My name is Aaron James. You're listening to episode 5 of Kids Myth Plus, where each week we share timeless stories. From folklore, legend, and the deep world of mythology. This week, we share a Japanese folktale, or as in the Japanese language, Otogi Banashi, which is the Japanese word for fairy tale. Today's Otogi Banashi is called The Fisherman and the Moon Maiden, and it's taken from the book. Japanese Fairy World Stories from the Wonder Lore of Japan by William Elliot Griffiths, first published in the year 1920. The story takes place in a land once known as Sugura, which lies at the foot of Mount Fuji, the tallest peak in all of Japan. Mount Fuji is an active volcano. And is considered a sacred spiritual place by both the followers of the Japanese cultural religion of Shinto as well as Buddhist followers in Japan. It's a beautiful place where the ocean meets the forest at the base of a gorgeous mountain, and a perfect place for a moon fairy to visit. Enjoy the story. The Fisherman and the Moon Maiden. Pearly and lustrous white, like a cloud in the far off blue sky, seemed the floating figure of the Moon Maiden as she flew to earth. She was one of the fifteen glistening maidens that wait attendant upon the moon in her chambers in the sky. Looking down from her high home to earth, She became enraptured with the glorious scenery of Suruga's ocean shore and longed for a bath in the blue waters of the sea. So this fairy maiden sped to earth one morning early, when the moon, having shone through the night, was about to retire for the day. The sun was rising bright and red over the eastern seas. Flushing the mountains and purpling the valleys. Out amid the sparkling waves, the ships sailed toward the sun, and the fishermen cast their nets. It was early spring when the air was full of fragrance of plum blossoms, and the zephyrs blew so softly that scarce a bamboo leaf quivered. Or a wave lapsed with sound on the silvery shore. The moon maiden was so charmed with the scenery of earth that she longed to linger above it to gaze tranquilly. Floating slowly through the air, she directed her course to the pine groves that fringe the strand near Cape Miwo, lying at the base of Fuji Mountain. 
whose snowy crown glistens above, fronting the ocean, whose blue plain undulates in liquid glory till it meets the bending sky. The scenery of Miwau is renowned everywhere under the whole heavens, but especially in the land which Mikado's reign blessed with peace. Full of happiness, the fairy maiden played sweet music from her flutes until the air was full of it. It sounded to the dwellers on earth like the sweet falling of raindrops on the thirsty ground. Her body shed sweet fragrance through the air, and flowers fell from her robes as she passed. Though none saw her form, all wondered. Arriving over a charming spot on the seashore, she descended to the strand and stood at the foot of a pine tree. She laid her musical instrument on a rock nearby, and taking off her wings and feathered suit, hung them carefully on the pine tree bough. Then she strolled off along the shore to dip her shining feet in the curling waves. Picking up some shells, she wondered with innocent joy at the rich tents, which seemed more beautiful than any color in the moon world. With one, a large, smooth scallop, she was particularly pleased, for inside one half was a yellow disc, and on its mate was a white one. How strange! Here's the sun, and there's the moon. I shall call this Tsuki Hikai, sun and moon shell, she said, and she put them in her pocket. It chanced that near the edge of the pine grove, not far away, there dwelt a lone fisherman, who, coming down to the shore, caught a whiff of the sweet perfume such as had never before delighted his senses. What could it be? The spring zephyrs blowing from the west seemed laden with the sweet odor. Curiosity prompted him to seek the cause. He walked toward the pine tree and looking up caught sight of the feathery suit of wings. Oh, how his eyes sparkled. He danced for joy, and taking down the robe, carried it to his neighbors. All were delighted, and one old man said that the fairy must herself be nearby. He advised the man to seek until he found her. So, with feathered robe in hand, the fisherman went out again to the strand and took his place near the pine tree. He had not waited long before a lovely being with rose-tinted white skin and of perfect form appeared. Please, good sir, give me back my feathered robe, she said in a sad voice of liquid sweetness, though she seemed greatly frightened. No, I must keep it as a sacred treasure, a relic from a heavenly visitor, and dedicate it in the shrine as a memorial of an angel's visit, said the fisherman. Oh, 
wicked man! What a wretched and impious thing to rob an inhabitant of the heavens of the robe by which she moves! How can I fly back home again? Give me your wings, O ye wild geese that fly across the face of the moon, and on tireless pinions seek the icy shores in springtime, and soar unwearied homeward in autumn. Lend me your wings. But the wild geese overhead only whirled on and screamed, and bit their sprigs of pine which they carried in their mouth. O oh, ye circling gulls, lend me but for a day your downy wings. I am prisoner here, cried the weeping fairy. But the graceful gulls, hovering for a moment, swept on in widening circles out farther to sea. O oh, breezes of the air which blow whither ye lists, O oh, tide of the ocean which ebbs and flows at will, ye may move all, but I am prisoner here, devoid of motion. O oh, good sir, have pity and give me back my wings, cried the moon maiden, pressing her hands together in grief. The fisher's heart was touched by the pathos of her voice and the glittering of her tears. I'll give back your winged robe if you'll dance and make music for me, said he. Oh yes, good sir, I will dance and make music, but first let me put on my feathered robe, for without it I have no power of motion. Oh yes, said the suspicious mortal. If I give you back your wings, you'll fly straight to heaven. Can you not believe the word of a heavenly being without doubting? Trust me in good faith, and you will lose nothing. Then, with shamed face, the fisherman handed to the moon maiden her feathered robe, which she donned and began to dance. She poured out such sweet strains from her upright flute that with eye and ear full of rapture, the fisherman imagined himself in heaven. Then she sang a sweet song in which she described the delights of life in the moon and the pleasure of celestial residence. The fisherman was so overjoyed that he longed to detain the fairy. He begged her to dwell with him on earth, but in vain. As he looked, he saw her rising. A fresh breeze rippling the face of the sea now sprang up and wafted the pearly maiden over the pine-clad hills and past Fuji Mountain. All the time, sweet music reigned through the air until, as the fisherman strained his eyes toward the fresh-fallen snow on Fuji's crest, he could no longer distinguish the moon maiden from the fleecy clouds that filled the thin air. Pondering long upon the marvelous apparition, the fisherman resolved to mark the spot where the fairy first descended to earth. 
So he prevailed upon the simple villagers to build a railing of stone around the now sacred pine. Daily they garland the old trunk with festoons of tasseled and twisted rice straw. Long after, when by the storms of centuries the old pine, in spite of bandages and crutches, and tired of wrestling with the blasts, fell down like an old man to rise up no more. A grateful posterity cleared the space and built the shrine of Miwa, which still dots with its sacred enclosure the strand of Suraga on which the fairy danced. Fisherman and the Moon Maiden. Can you imagine what that cloak of feathers and wings must have felt like to wear? Would you want to keep it if you found it hanging on a branch down by where the forest meets the sea? The Moon Maiden bargained a dance for the return of her cloak, and she delivered, of course. The fisherman doubted at first. She told the fisherman to trust and never doubt a dweller from the heavens. One of my favorite words is used in this tale, zephyr. Have you heard that word before? Zephyr is a soft, gentle breeze. Pathos is when someone, a writer, an actor, a character in a story, or perhaps you yourself, use an appeal to emotion, to persuade your audience, or your parents, for example. I need to watch a movie right now because it's the only thing that will make me happy. I'm so sad and doing schoolwork will just make me more sad and unhappy. Does this work for you? You're using Pathos. Use it wisely. It's a powerful tool, pathos. Kids Myth Plus. Presented to you by me, Aaron James. And a presentation of Brooklyn Sage Productions. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share us with your friends and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at KidsMythPlus. That's at KidsMythPlus, P-L-U-S. Thanks for listening. And remember, keep asking questions and looking for the magic. It's all around us.